We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. Coming at you live from Levi's Stadium after another practice of 49ers training camp. And unfortunately, today is my last day at camp. Now, to kind of put some context on it, the 49ers have tomorrow off, which is Monday. And then they practice for two days. And then essentially training camp is over for the media. So in terms of a bigger picture, I'm really only missing those last two practices. Because then you have the walkthrough game on Thursday, walkthrough practice on Thursday. Preparing for their first preseason game against the Green Bay Packers on Friday. So it, it was really, really, you know, I really enjoyed being able to make this week of practice. Got to see all aspects of the team kind of shine, show themselves, kind of establish themselves of what they've been throughout camp. It was just a really cool window of time to be here. And, um, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm missing too much. You know, like I said, Monday off, then you got two practices, and then that's it. It's preseason time. After their game against Green Bay, they'll head to Minnesota for their joint practices with them, and then their eventual preseason game against the Vikings. So, we are just straight up in the midst of of the beginning of the season. And the preseason is obviously important for all those fringe players that are trying to make the roster. Obviously, we got to get a, a 53-man roster prediction coming to you pretty soon. I probably won't do more than one. Um, I mean, maybe I'll wait until after the second or third preseason game to make mine uh, and just see what we got. It's going to be interesting to break down. I think the 49ers are going to have to make some some roster changes this year that that they may not have made in the past, or at least they don't have the luxury of keeping some players that they have in the past at certain positions. But anyways, 
another another beautiful day here in Santa Clara. Uh, a little on the hot side, but you know the sun was trying to keep me down, but the breeze rolled through in the clutch. Man, it was a breezy day. Felt great. Um, I think it was like a high of seventy eight. So it felt nice out there before I have to venture back to the triple digits of Fresno, California. Luckily, I mean it is it is early to mid August. You know, those temperatures are going to slowly start tapering down and we'll get into my favorite time of the year. But for the meantime, you know, I'm going to be out there coaching the middle schoolers in the triple digits and it's going to it's going to test our middle, that's for sure. Uh, definitely when it comes to training camp, when it comes to practice, let's get into it. It was a defense dominated day. Uh, the offense gained a little bit of momentum after the last couple of practices, but today the defense said, no, sir, no way. And a lot of that was attributed to Trey Lance's struggles, which, which we'll get in there, get into here in a little bit. Um, there were plenty of starters that weren't playing to kind of, it just kind of honestly created a little bit like, like the atmosphere was just a little bit weird. Not, not that it was relaxed at all. It just seemed almost like something's off. And I guess that's when, when, a, when a bulk of starters are missing, that's just the way it is. Certainly not an excuse for anything we saw. And, and I'll talk more about that, but you know, you had Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, George Kittle on offense. They weren't out there. Then you had Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Alshair on defense, not participating in the team drills. So the team portion of practice was just a little different, you know, not not uh, pretty strong for the defense, really off for the offense, just, just one of those weird things. And that kicks us into uh, our final. I guess it doesn't have to be our final. I could continue to do it even when I'm not at training camp. But as far as our final in-person Trey update, Trey Watts 2022, today was Trey's worst practice of training camp. Wasn't even close. Far and away, his, his, his biggest struggles of the six practices I was here for. Uh, Trey finished 4 of 12 with two drops, uh, a near interception to Charvarius Ward, and what I think was a sack by, I believe Chris Biederman said it was Charles Omenehu. Uh, that turned into an interception to linebacker Fred Warner. He threw it right to him, and there were a few other defenders around Warner. So it was almost seemed like, a, for lack of a better expression, kind of like a fuck it, I'm just going to throw it this way. A little weird, but at the same time, an interception's an interception. I'm going to give it to the, the defense. Uh, one thing I've got to note right off the bat is it's pretty crazy on social media, how many people, different accounts throughout the kind of general NFL landscape, whether they're 49ers fans or just somewhere around the NFL, it's crazy how many of them have come out of the woodwork when I slash we slash rest of the media finally got to tweet about like a bad Trey Lance day. Like, so many random people have come out of the woodwork. I mean, I, my tweet, I can I could read it to you guys if you haven't seen it. I said, that's a wrap on what was quarterback Trey Lance's worst practice so far. He finished 4 of 12 with a pair of receiver drops, a dropped interception by Charvarius Ward, and an interception thrown straight to linebacker Fred Warner. Hard not to wince at some of Lance's throws today. And, like, that tweet got way more traction than – I'm not necessarily talking numbers. I'm just talking way more intera interactivity <laughs> than any of the positive ones. Because since I've been here, Trey's been decent, pretty solid. You know, past couple of days, he's been good. 
And then he has one down day and the internet just jumps all over it. It's been crazy to see. And obviously that's obviously not the intent of my post. I'm just, it, it, it is what it is. That's what I saw today. Same thing when I saw Trey play well the past few days. So just interesting watching how the internet changes when something's negative versus a positive. I suppose that's not going to surprise anybody out there just given how the internet and Twitter is, but definitely interesting seeing, seeing the people come out of the woodwork that weren't really interested in, in Trey's good days, you know, but Hey, it is what it is. One thing I do, I do want to note about Trey's day today. It wasn't good. There were plenty of throws that were off the mark, off target, overthrown, but it did seem like he was trying to push the ball down the field a little bit more than usual. I'm trying to think all the passes he completed were, it seems like, completed or attempted, excuse me, were at least like 8 to 10 yards, at least 8 to 10 yards downfield. He did have one short one that was among his completions, two short ones, shorter ones among his completions, but every pass that he that didn't succeed was, I don't know if that was just a focus of Trey Lance today, but he, it seemed like he was just trying to push the ball downfield, throw some more challenging throws rather than taking what the defense was giving him on this occasion. And to me, that's what kind of guides me into kind the, the topic of caring about training camp numbers. I definitely think it is okay to care about training camp, the numbers in training camp, what you read for completion percentages and throws and drops. I think it's okay to care about that 100%. I don't really think anybody out there should tell anybody, oh, it's just training camp, you shouldn't care. If it was worthless, then the 49ers wouldn't do it and they'd do something else that was more conducive to success. That being said, I don't think training camp is worth overreacting to, and that goes towards both the good and the bad. You know, if Trey Lance were to complete 100% of his passes for five touchdowns, you know, I, I wouldn't just be like, okay, we've got the next Patrick Mahomes in the building versus if Trey Lance were to throw a few interceptions in a practice, I wouldn't assume that Trey Lance's career is doomed. You know, and and what's crazy is some people do do that on Twitter. They act like, you know, the fact that Trey Lance had a bad practice today, the 49ers have screwed themselves over. But I'm just like, well, hold on. He just had a few good practices in a row. What were you thinking at that point? And kind of, I guess you could say in the bigger picture of Trey Lance, you're talking about a quarterback that just turned 22 a few months ago that definitely played on the low end of number of games when it comes to his experience as a collegiate football player, stepping into the offense as the guy for the first time. I think that it's that any struggle that, that Trey Lance's struggles should be expected. And in a way they should be embraced. It's, it's just a part of the natural learning curve and you can take that beyond football. Trey Lance is going to make mistakes, whether it's in training camp, whether it's, game to game and whether it's from the season as a whole to me the struggles are inevitable they're going to happen you 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 can bet on it 
to me, what's more important to me is how Trey Lance responds to those mistakes. Mistakes are just an absolutely essential part of the entire process. You, it's how you learn. It's how you develop. I mean, think about just your life as a whole. Like mistakes have defined you more than your successes successes have, and playing quarterback in the NFL is no different. I'm just with me. What I'm going to be focused on is not the act of making a mistake, but how Trey Lance responds to those mistakes. Does he repeat the mistakes? Because repeated mistakes are obviously always a problem, especially in the game of football. Does he repeat the mistakes or does he respond to them? Does he learn from them? Does he rebound from them? Does he make the best of it? Whether that's from a small picture, like from one bad throw to the next, one bad game to the next, one bad drive to the next, one bad, you know what I mean? It, there's just so much that has yet to happen in this Trey Lance story. You know, I always fall back to Josh Allen, and I, I don't necessarily think that's a fair comparison because Josh Allen has turned out to be an incredibly good quarterback who wasn't very good in his first year. And I think a lot of people took satisfaction in the fact that the Bills drafted him and he sucked, and, you know, you can get all those snide comments everywhere you want to look. But imagine if a team would have steered away from him after that first year and, and look how much he's developed and improved. I, If Trey Lance is going to be a success, I think that his career arc will have to be something similar like that. You know, a small school guy, limited experience. But up until this point today, and even today, his mistakes weren't glaring I guess is the the word you know he did have the one interception he had a near interception that could have been a miscommunication it almost looked like he expected Brandon Ayuk to run a different route but pushing the ball down the field attempting those harder throws that's just a part of training camp there's so much about every practice that we don't know and what conversations Kyle Shanahan has had with Trey Lance that we don't know that and we've heard other quarterbacks talk about it Quarterbacks are going to try things in training camp that they may not necessarily try in a game because they want to see what they're capable of and see what the the receiver's capable of and just kind of get a feel for throws that they probably consider more challenging. So kind of all over the place right now, but basically what I'm saying is like the story of Trey Lance is going to involve plenty of days like today. You know, make make your mind up to it and get, get used to it. That that doesn't mean that he's not going to be good, great, grand, horrible. What whatever wherever you lie on the spectrum of what you expect for Trey Lance, just know that these struggles, like we saw today, are just as important to his story as the successes. And over time, if things are improving the way the 49ers hope they will be, then those successes will become more f- frequent than the failures. But we're not there yet. We're not even in game one of his first year as the, as the man. Yes, Trey Lance has played a couple games already. But this is his first offseason as the guy with all the reps, with all the pieces, with all the expectations. So I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And I'm not just saying I'm looking forward to the to the highs. You have to look forward to the lows and then what follows those things. So hopefully I'm not getting a little too deep with you guys, but I'm just trying to share with you guys my mindset when it comes to it's just football players and people in general. Like you just, you have to go through ups and downs in order to develop a shred of adversity. Like you don't become, you know, a person that can withstand 
the negative aspects of life without going through it. You don't just naturally develop that. You got to go through it. And that's that the same can be said for, for becoming a, a starting NFL quarterback, let alone one that's a very early 22 years old. On a more positive note, when it came to Trey Lance's, two of Trey Lance's four completions were really kind of wow, wow throws. Very impressive. One of them was uh, a throw where he climbed the pocket as pressure kind of collapsed in. Debo Samuel had a, had a longer developing route, kind of almost like a post where he eventually breaks over the middle and flattens it out. Trey Lance kept his eyes on Debo Samuel, uh, probably had to do with the coverage the defense was running and the fact that Trey thought Debo was going to break open late, stayed with him, climbed the pocket, fired it in there, about a 30, 20 to 30-yard 30 throw, and there was a linebacker right in between Trey Lance and Debo Samuel. And Trey Lance put just enough of an arc on it to where that linebacker took a full jump and outstretched his arm all the way up, and it still wasn't high enough to touch the ball. And Trey Lance's pass went right over that linebacker's hand, right into Debo Samuel, who caught it right before the safety could get there. And it wasn't a timing throw to where you think the safety would have hurt Debo Samuel. Not that any safety out there is that excited to to land Debo Samuel. It's a big dude. But very impressive throw. And you could tell it was one where Trey had to mentally adjust what his pass looked like to compensate for the timing of the route and the fact that that linebacker was in front of him. So that was a pretty cool throw. The other cool throw that I liked a lot was Trey got pressured and he scrambled to the left, rolling out into the flat, looking for a target downfield. Um, would not take off running, just was was content on he, – he did have a player in front of him kind of covering him. And at a certain point, that that player – stopped kind of keeping a buffer between him and Lance and then just just darted at Lance. And right when that happened, Lance threw the ball up and over, just like a, a fadeaway sh- uh, jump shot. Tossed it up and over the player that was charging at him that tried to swat the ball away, and it landed right uh, within reach of, I want to say, Tanner Hudson, who kind of jumped up, put one hand up, one hand caught it and came down with it. It was only like a five- or six-yard play, but it kept – it was during a move the ball period and it kept the drive going and it was just a real kind of clever play from Trey Lance to, uh, to make that work. So all is not lost a rough day for Trey Lance, but a couple throws in there that were really encouraging. And again, we'll see how, uh, how the young quarterback bounces back next week. You had a strong string of plays for the 49ers linebackers, which are just ridiculously good, by the way, you probably already know that. I think it ended up being three interceptions in the span of like seven to ten plays. You had uh, Marcelino McCrary Ball, one of the 49ers linebackers. He picked off a Nate Sudfield pass intended for, I believe, Troy Fumagalli, the 49ers tight end. He um, he tried to kind of lead the tight end down the field, kind of away from him, almost like a, a closer corner route. I guess you could say, tried to lead him down the field, um, but just severely underthrew it. And it was pretty pretty easily picked by the linebacker. You know, just just one of those rough plays that, that Sudfield definitely wants to have back and wasn't necessarily uh, – um, Nate Sudfield's had a decent camp. He hasn't been bad, bad at all. So that was a uh, – 
that was an interesting, just kind of a series. But shout out to the linebacker for being there because despite the fact that it was an underthrown pass, that, that defender has to be there. You have to be in the right place in order to reel those plays in, and he was. And then uh, a couple plays later, you had uh, Jeremiah Gremmel. He picked off a, a, a pass from Brock Purdy. It was, pat, it was thrown to Ty Davis Price, who was kind of coming across the middle. Seemed like he was supposed to kind of settle in the middle of the field. Quarterback threw it. Uh, TDP tipped it up, tipped it, like tried to catch it, but just ended up tipping it up and laying it up right into the air of, of Gimmel. So uh, that was the second interception. And the third one is the one we already talked about, where uh, I'm pretty sure Trey Lance was sacked, but he kind of just rolled out anyways and then just chucked it. And I, I don't know who he was throwing it to. I know somebody was on a crossing route, but they really weren't close to where Fred Warner was. So Trey Lance just threw it into a group of defenders and kind of kind of wished for the best. I think he was t- targeting Tyler Croft, but again, not a very close throw. Not really sure what he was going for on that uh, on that play, but it is what it is. Okay, so instead of highlighting some individual players to cap off this episode, I instead decided that I would kind of write up some real quick final takeaways for kind of just my six practices at training camp. What did I take away from it? If I'm summarizing the whole thing to somebody just, just asked, well, you know, how are the 49ers going to be? This is kind of what I would tell them. First and foremost, I don't believe you can speak on the 49ers without mentioning the defense. The 49ers defense has a chance to be very special this year. Now, obviously, when it comes to a defense being special, I'd say at the forefront of that possibility is health. Teams just got to be healthy. They've got, you know, things have got to go their way when it comes to injuries. And and that's that's point number one to me. And that includes the entire football team. In order for you to be competitive, You've got to have a team that takes care of their bodies and finds a way to limit those injuries. And unfortunately, sometimes a lot of that has to do with luck. It just is what it is. But this defense is uh, its something else. It is impressive to watch them, especially when you consider the fact that Eric Armstead hasn't even been out there for most of camp. Nick Bosa is rarely out there during team drills because the team just – wants to make sure he's healthy and ready to roll for for the season. And even despite them being there, it's just constant disruption, waves of of defensive linemen, waves of pass rushers capable of getting after the quarterback. And they're backed by a great group of linebackers that are all disruptive. Obviously we know what Fred Warner's capable of. That's 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 a given. You know, Dre Greenlaw's had a solid camp. Aziz Alshair's had a solid camp. Those two were competing to be the main guy next to Fred Warner. But whoever doesn't win that job is still going to be on the field in a limited fashion, and that group is just solid. They have done such a good job this season of, one, stuffing the run down the middle, but two, just constantly eliminating any outside perimeter plays. Plays that, you know, Kyle Shanahan shows them a lot because the 49ers offense runs like an outside scheme. But they just constantly, whether it's Trey Lance trying to roll out, you know, boot, scramble, pitches, you know, reverses that they had today to Debo Samuel, wide backs back. Everything has just been reeled in by those linebackers. And maybe there's been a play or two every day where something finally 
finally breaks just a little bit, but it seems like that group of linebackers has just cleaned up. And I'm sure that they would tell you that, oh, you know, well, playing behind this defensive line makes it easy. And of course, that's that's fair. But that linebacking core is is just they're pretty special and along with that defensive front. And then you've got this whole front seven surrounded by a solid group of defensive backs. Charvarius Ward has been probably everything the 49ers has hoped he would be. He's given Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel everything they can handle. He's, you know, made a few interceptions. He's broken up passes. He almost had another interception today. Probably wishes he would have caught that one. And then you've got... Emmanuel Mosley, who seems to have have captured the quarterback two role on the opposite side of the defense. And Jimmy Ward is just so damn consistent in the back. Talanoa Hufunga earned a shout-out from D'Amico Ryans today as being a second-year player that seems ready to take that step to be a starter, to be the man. And competing with him is Tarverius Moore, who seems solid. And, dude, it is just a ridiculously stacked group of players. To me, if this defense can't – isn't a top three unit this season, again, health is a huge part of that, then that's got to be considered a disappointment for them because they are a stacked group. They play – they play how they are on paper. and, And, you know, you've heard plenty about it plenty about it from all the 49ers media and the beat writers, but, and it's, it's for real. They are a strong, strong group. And I think the 49ers defense benefits from physicality, like, you know, from being able to hit their opponents and break their will. And they can't really do that in training camp. They can hit and they can make plays. But to me, the 49ers defense is only going to look better when they get into a live game setting where they can establish themselves as, as that group of bullies that they're supposed to be. That they're definitely supposed to be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so defense, my first takeaway. My second takeaway has to be Trey Lance and the way he's handled himself so far. And I think it's very appropriate that I'm talking about Trey Lance after what was his worst practice of training camp so far, because I've been nothing with but impressed about how Trey Lance has handled himself throughout training camp. I, I From the way he's played on the field, from the way he's been in interviews, from what all of his, his teammates have said about him, I do not think that Trey Lance so far, other than today, has has really looked like a quarterback making his first year as the full-time starter. Again, he has a little bit of experience, but this is Trey's first year, and you're talking about a dude that turned 22 like three months ago. He is a very, very young quarterback, and I have been impressed with how he's handled himself. Um, obviously, again, to repeat myself, hasn't been perfect, but he's been pretty solid. And he, to me, going up against the defense that he's going up against – He's never seemed overwhelmed, and even his mistakes today seemed more like Trey just trying, pushing himself when it comes to the throws that he's trying. The interception was bad, but again, did he care given he already knew he took a sack? I don't know. I'm not really prepared to give him that excuse. He had a near interception to Charverius Ward and a couple of drops, and then the rest of the passes, one drop was on a perfect pass to Debo Samuel, who, oh, excuse me, Brandon Ayuk, who went up and got the ball right at the same time Jimmy Ward did. Code could have probably considered by some to be kind of a, a hospital ball, one that Trey Lance probably shouldn't have tried to fit in there, but it, it hit Brandon Ayuk in the hands. But Jimmy Ward was right there going up at the same time, put a decent practice hit on Ayuk, and that forced that incompletion. So, again, today's practice seemed a little bit like Trey really just trying to take some, maybe having. Uh, his confidence was up, and he just wanted to try some tough throws. And, and that's not the whole story, but it was certainly some of it. But the way Trey Lance has conducted himself up until this point has been pretty impressive. He seemed composed. He seemed steady, uh, mature, um, solid, I guess is a great word to describe it. He, over the past few days, up and leading up until today, he only had one turnover in like four practices. And again, you got to look under look at all of this under the context of Trey Lance going against one of the best defenses in in the NFL with a with a, a defensive front that is just prepared to pin its ears back and fly at Trey Lance. I'm going to also say with their hair on fire, so I can get like that double defensive cliche going. You know, we're going to pin our ears back and we're going to fly around like our hair's on fire. Like it's, that's just the best right there. I mean, Ayuk said today that Trey stays very little-headed. Jake Brendel, one of the the players competing to be the starting center, said he's got a great grasp of the offense. And I expect him to slowly develop into his own player throughout the offseason and throughout the season. It's just you can see it coming. And as Trey gets more comfortable in this offense, he's going to start slowly pushing the boundaries of not only this offense in and of itself, of but of what he's capable of, of and what the defenses are capable of handling. And I, uh, although I understand that the, the NFL world is freaking out about Trey's first bad practice, 
Uh, I have been encouraged about what I've seen, and I do think Trey Lance is going to, from what I've seen so far, I do think Trey Lance is going to be good. Does that guarantee it? Of course not. We know we've we've seen that the odds of quarterbacks working out in the NFL are are far more in favor of not than you know than it working out. But from what I've seen so far, I think that he's got a great shot. And then you've got to think about what he has around him. You know, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk, Elijah Mitchell. You know, Trent. Did I say Trent Williams? I don't know if I said Trent Williams. There's a lot of talent on that offense that's going to help Trey prop him up and help guide him along as he goes through the struggles of being a young quarterback. So I am impressed with how Trey has handled himself so far. I did leave here impressed from what I've seen from Trey Lance, despite what we saw today on his worst practice. So it, it didn't. Sure, it was like, damn, he finally had a bad one. Or it's not that he hasn't had a bad practice yet. It's just that this was obviously his worst. But it didn't dissuade me from thinking that, you know, he's got he's got a good shot. He's got a real shot to be good. My third takeaway, the offensive line still remains an X factor. We don't know if they're going to be good or bad. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. Just because they're replacing some pieces and building things up doesn't mean they're going to be bad. Um, haven't necessarily been bad in training camp when you consider the defensive line that's coming after them, but I don't know what to expect. I really don't. You've got, I mean, if I lay it out for you, let's just take a guess at what it's going to be. You've got Trey Lance, or excuse me, obviously you've got Trey Lance. We know that. You've got Trent Williams at left tackle. Aaron Banks has taken all of the first team reps at left guard. I'm assuming he's the man there. Been solid by all intents and purposes. Then you've got either Daniel Brunskill or Jake Brendel at center. Don't know yet. Don't necessarily know who's better. You just know that that competition is unfolding. Kind of the surprise of training camp has been Spencer Burford has taken essentially all of the reps at right guard. The 49ers' fourth-round rookie looks the part. Hasn't been a big focus in terms of somebody that's always getting beat. He's held his own in these one-on-one pass rush drills with the defensive line. And then you've got Mike McGlinchey, who's looked good, too. Uh, He looks like he's back to form, fully recovered from the injury. I expect him to be solid this year. So, as you can see, that that interior three, they have a possibility of the floor falling out from under him and the fact that Aaron Banks seems overmatched, Spencer Burford is is overwhelmed and uh, overmatched, and then neither Jake Brendel or Daniel Brunskill work out, and... Trey Lance is kind of running for his life, consistently trying to get the edge because the interior of the offensive line is just constantly giving up pressure. That's kind of the worst case scenario. But you can, I can also just as easily see a scenario where the offensive line is solid, and you've got some young players in the in the middle there at left and right guard that can really get up and move and and get the blocks that Kyle Shanahan needs in this outside scheme. We always talk about how athletic the 49ers guards need to be and Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford has looked that part. I mean, a lot was made when the 49ers initially picked Aaron Banks, that he was always just a power guy. He's not really a get up and move guy. Well, he's looked good. And, and he's, he's, he came in in better shape this year. Looks like he's ready to take on that role. So 
I just really don't know what to expect from that offensive line. That's why I called them the X factor. And they are going to play a massive role in Trey Lance's development. It's going to be tough for Trey to get under rhythm. It's going to be tough for the offense to get into rhythm, whether it's running the ball or passing the ball, if that offensive line is not up to snuff and they're not capable of doing what they need to do. I mean, it won't be long before Aaron Donald's on the other side of that defensive line, and they at least need to know how to handle that one dude because we've already seen he could just wreck everything. So, But that's obviously he's the best that the league has to offer. So. I just don't know what to expect, and I think that's a fair assessment right now. They've they've one thing other than that center competition. I've been happy to see the continuity throughout camp. It's been the whole time Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, and then on the right you've got Spencer Burford and Mike McGlinchey. Now they've rotated Mike McGlinchey in and out because he's still you know they're still taking it easy on him as he recovers from that torn quad, but. That continuity is going to be an essential part of the whole unit's success. So it's been good to see them have that. We'll see who wins the center competition. I really honestly have no guess for you. I don't know. Maybe Jake Brendel's got a slight edge, uh, given he was he was playing that position with Trey Lance last year on the second team. And Daniel Brunskill's snaps have just been a little erratic. So maybe if, but maybe if he shows off a lot more blocking ability in the run and pass game, then the 49ers feel like they can work on the snaps and work with that. They'd rather start with a good blocking base. So we'll see, you know, and, and, and at the very least, this offensive line has to be able to execute the run game. The entire offense, especially with Trey Lance under center because they're not going to want to throw the ball as much as they might have done with Jimmy Garoppolo. And even then, it was obvious they still wanted to rush the ball. If they can't run the ball with this offensive line, this offense is in trouble because the last thing you want is Trey Lance with the weight of the world on his shoulders and the offense's success hinging on every one of his passes. It's the exact opposite of what Kyle Shanahan wants right now. So you're hoping at an absolute bare minimum that this offensive line can run the ball well, You've got three very good running backs right now, and even Jeff Wilson threw himself into the conversation today. Elijah Mitchell's looks solid. Trey Sermon's looks surprisingly solid. Ty Davis-Price has been very solid, as long as you're not asking him to catch the ball. And then Jeff Wilson Jr. had a great day of practice. So you've got your stable of running backs along with Kyle Juszczyk. At the bare minimum, this group has to be able to run the ball. And then if they can develop as a pass-protecting group and give Trey Lance the time he's going to need, remember he's going to have a slower processor and a slower release than Jimmy Garoppolo. He has looked like he's been able to make decisions decently fast. But so much of this team's success falls on that offensive line. I know that a lot of you guys listening don't need me to tell you that. But so far in camp, I know you've heard a lot about the pressure they've been giving up to the defensive line, but I think a lot of us are willing to say, well, it's the 49ers defensive line. Of course they're going to. Uh, they've, they've been decent, and they've afforded Trey Lance the opportunity to find some success. So it's dramatic, but, I, I mean, the 49ers' entire season may hinge on how that group can come together. So my last takeaway of camp so far is just what we call to them at the what we call them at the middle school level uh, middle school level the skill players the skill players and this goes on both sides of the ball you've got 
receivers, tight ends on the offense, and you've got the corners and the and the and the defensive backs on the defense. It's an exciting, exciting group. I mean, just imagine. I was talking to this uh, about this to Nick Wagner today from ESPN. It said, I think he wrote an article about it. I have to go find it. When's the last time a quarterback got to step into a group like the 49ers that have come came off an NFC championship and you know or a, or at the time a Super Bowl and it's just it's unreal what Trey Lance is stepping into and and a huge part of that is the skill players the running backs it's like we just talked about a solid group you've got Brandon Ayuk who just is coming into his own you've got Debo Samuel who if he's anything what he resembled at the back half of last season. And I mean, even the the beginning of the season, he was just one of the league's best receivers, but that back half is when he became that wide back, that versatile piece that the defense just constantly has to account for. And there's just the skill position players. Charvarius Ward has looked the part. Manuel Mosley has looked great. Nobody can beat that guy deep. Jimmy Ward. We know what we're going to get from him. He's looked great. Like I said, made a great play today. Uh, the competition at strong safety be- between Talano, Hufanga, and Tavarius Moore. I already talked about the linebackers. Essentially, everything surrounding those offensive-defensive lines that we've already talked about, both the good and the bad, like the skill players, the players along the perimeter, the players either getting the ball or having to seek out the ball just are so exciting this year. I think the 49ers are going to make a lot of big plays. And I think they're going to get a lot of takeaways. It's just there's a lot to like about how the, these players along the, the the perimeter of the field just move around with such swagger and make these plays that just constantly impress you. You know, if things can go right along the interior, if the lines can do what they're supposed to do, if the quarterback can do what he's supposed to do, there's just a lot of ex- a potential explosiveness on the outside. I hope you guys get what I'm saying. Like the the players that are that are either responsible for for getting the ball or the players that are responsible for taking it away. Just a lot to like, a lot to like, a lot of talent, a lot of playmaking ability. We're seeing it on a daily basis, even when it's not going well for one side of the ball or the other. That comes at the the benefit of somebody else, you know, I always get a crack out of the fact that fans at training camp hate when the defense makes a play because they always forget that that's the 49ers defense. It's the 49ers going against the 49ers. If the defense makes a play, it's a good thing. And that's boding well for what you're going to see during the season. Because if everybody knows, if you, if the defense makes a play during the season against the other team, you're going to cheer your ass off and, you wish it could be like that during training camp. I get it. You want to see the offense make plays, but the defense has to make plays too. It's training camp for them too. So I have just loved what I'm what I'm seeing from the playmakers, the the perimeter players, the the the, the guys that are that are under six feet, around six feet, and you know in the in the two low two hundreds. Those guys. So um, I, I could have definitely found a way to word all of that more eloquently, but. Y'all what I mean, the guys that 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 are expected to make the plays, the guys that end up on the highlights outside of Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, everybody knows what those guys are going to do. But um, I'm really excited to see what Brandon Ayuk does, what Debo Samuel does again, what the running backs do, what Jimmy Ward does, 
you know, he's been making plays. You can take you you can tell he's just getting a little more comfortable now that the talent around him has just risen just a little bit. He has a little bit more freedom to move around back there and, and make plays. So I, I think that despite the dark cloud that is Trey Lance's bad practice today, which is just a microcosm of why social media is just so bad sometimes. People just overreact to constantly to bad things. I think there's a lot to be excited about with this team. That's what I'm leaving training camp as my main takeaway. There is a lot to be excited about with this team. And if Trey Lance can just be solid, if he can uh, just guide himself through you know games without making too many mistakes, then this team can go really far. This team could go really far. And Trey Lance is in a great position to make that happen with all the talent around him. But so I mean, kind of like my my general takeaways. Special defense. Trey Lance handled himself well well, has impressed me. What are we gonna get from the offensive line? And the skill players on offense and defense are exciting to say the least. Exciting to say the least. But hey, I think that's it for me. I think that's it. Now, it, it almost feels like I'm like saying goodbye, and this is the end of striking gold. Obviously not. Um, I will probably uh, jump on. Uh, I'll probably have another podcast at some point next week. I want to say maybe Wednesday to wrap up what we've seen from Tuesday and Wednesday's practice and preview the game so that that can come to you guys on Thursday. I'll wrap up those two practices you know, maybe talk more about wrapping up training camp as a whole and then preview the first preseason game against the Packers on Friday. And you guys should get that on Thursday. That's my plan now. You never know. Plans change. But that should be when you're hearing from me next. Um, because right when, I'm, right when I stop recording right now, I'm going to leave my little closet under the stairs, as I like to call it. Big Harry Potter guy. Uh, I'm going to pack my laptop up. I'm going to head out for uh, Santa Clara and I'm going to head back to Fresno and and uh, I'll be back at you guys uh, from the uh, from the command center at home next time. So um, I hope you enjoyed my training camp coverage. That really was my sole reason for coming was being able to, when it comes to training camp, training camp just take strike and goal to another level. Just bring you guys a podcast after every single practice so that you guys feel like you're always in the loop, that you know uh, what happened or at least what happened in, in my eyes. So hope you guys have appreciated it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I th- I think that's all I got for you. Make sure you're out there listening, rating, reviewing, subscribing, downloading, recommending to friends. Um, if you like the pod, I just ask that you do what you can to support it. Um, but in the end, just listening to the pod is in and of itself supporting it. So I appreciate that. Um, thanks for a, a great, a great week. I, I loved it. You know, I, I, I love being here. Training camp's one of my favorite times of the year. I've said that to you guys before, but Hey, y'all already know what it is. For another episode, I'm Rob, this is Striking Gold, and we're signing out.